You are listening to the Twice Over Film Club, where we watch a movie every week and preview it on Monday and discuss it on Thursdays. I'm your host, Faraz. Today, we are previewing The Lincoln Lawyer. Last week, we released our preview for Vivarium and our discussion for No Country for Old Men, so check them out. This Thursday, we will release our discussion for Vivarium. That movie is available on Amazon Prime for streaming, so get that watch in before Thursday. Today is myself, Yusuf, and our special guest, Nadim from the 23's The Mike Podcast. All right, so hey, Nadim, you are our second guest here at the Twice Over Film Club, and you suggested that we watch The Lincoln Lawyer, 2011 film starring Matthew McConaughey, Marissa Tomei, directed by Brad Furman. Nadim, I'll give you the floor. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Nadim. I have a podcast called 23 is the Mic, where we discuss uh, Chicago sports, sports in general, and a little bit of culture as well. Recently, through quarantine, uh, me and a couple of friends have developed this movie list where we are taking all of the kind of critically acclaimed movies and um, looking at certain directors like Scorsese, Tarantino, Steven Spielberg, Frank Darabont, and other like actors like big names like Matthew McConaughey, Leonardo DiCaprio, Christian Bale, Tom Hardy. So we're doing that in a, and we've compiled this giant list that we had analyzed over a period of like three to four months that was like a really Jeez. good movie experience then we kind of also rated those movies against each other in this really cohesive and condensed list so in terms of movies i've been watching a lot of movies just based on that alone um and lincoln lawyer was on that list this is a pandemic project a panda yeah give me something to do <laughs> Can you can you tell them who you are and like why the hell you're on this podcast and like why we let you here? Oh, I'm a Yusuf's uh, <laughs> cousin slash nephew. That's why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> That's gonna come off weird. <laughs> I mean, he he's he's clearly my. I mean, it depends on your definition of cousin or nephew. I guess he's my cousin's <laughs> kid, man. Um, yeah. But we're closer in age than I am to my actual cousins because uh, family trees are like that. So, but me and Nadim have actually watched a lot of movies together. Um, what's the best movie we watched together, Nadim, do you think? Or what's the worst movie we watched together? I think one movie that I always think about is a movie we didn't really expect anything out of. And I think it was one of my first indie movies that I've ever seen was The Invitation on Netflix. Um, that kind of blew us away in terms of the intrigue of the movie and the kind of just overall way it was shot, way it was created in the plot. It was really interesting. It was like a thriller type horror movie. Um, but we've seen some great movies. Like we saw Seven, we saw Fight Club. Um, yeah, yeah, we've seen some really good ones over the years. I think we've watched a handful of, of you know, serious classics. There was a point where we were watching a bunch of like time travel or like time like meldy movies. I don't even know what to call them. Not not strict time travel, but things that mess with that aspect. Um, so we've do- we've done a lot of that. So you know, um, and we watched Humsuffer. We we also watched Humsuffer. <laughs> we also watched a, uh, a Pakistani oh, Pakistani soap. Um, and uh, that was you know honestly. The, the writing in that movie in that in that series is just just 100 out of 100 <laughs> i don't know it I'm was tre- i mean but it was tremendous I, I gotta say it's probably like one of the the best pakistani dramas and that's why we watched it and i could see why i just you know there's there's a there's a different standard i mean there's different things that are valued is what i should say so uh, i mean it's a soap it's gonna be a soap just like soaps are here so i'm actually pakistani here and i have not seen it bro you, <laughs> you know gotta... what it did what the, what it did and why it stands out so much to me is it took two guys that have never really gotten into like indian pakistani dramas and th- we became so invested in these characters and we started relating it to people <laughs> around us and it just became like it encompassed life for a bit 
<laughs> I'm not sure we, I, I, I'm not sure we would have done that to that degree. Uh, I think because we were watching together, like we were enjoying just like making like the jokes about it and the random references, and that like helped a lot. But yeah. um, anyways, that aside, I can vouch for for Nadim's level of credibility on uh, on <laughs> on you. movies in general. So. <laughs> And yeah, if you are listening and you want to suggest a movie, go ahead. <laughs> you don't have to have credibility like Nadim to be <laughs> suggesting film. We'll, we'll, still, we'll still take it into consideration, of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Nadim, let's start off with why you wanted us to watch The Lincoln Lawyer. So, um, yeah. So, Lincoln Lawyer, basically... Um, okay, so I'll be completely honest. When I first saw Lincoln Lawyer, I'm the type of person that when I'm watching a movie... I don't want any information on it. I don't want to know the plot of it. I don't want to know. Uh, I don't want to watch a trailer. Like I'm totally against watching trailers because trailers just overexpose everything. So this movie, I went in and I actually thought it had something to do with Abraham Lincoln instead of Lincoln <laughs> the cars. So I was pleasantly surprised to know that this was based on the Matthew McConaughey the commercials <laughs> um, that he does, and it gave me like the insight as to why he does so many Lincoln commercials because I always felt that that was quite a bit random but um yeah i watched this movie and i wanted you guys to watch it because it it's very well developed i think the story is very well developed um and i'm a sucker for mcconaughey movies and he just i feel he just kills it in this role and it's also like a legal thriller which is always awesome to see like those courtroom dramas like the crazy uh the chicago sevens one of them that i just saw but um yeah i thought this was like be a really cool experience and it's also like something that's not you know, a classic all-time movie. It's something that's kind of like... Under the radar. Yeah, under the radar. You're more entertained by it. And for me, like, uh, I'm always a big uh, anti-Fast and Furious guy because I feel like people just watch Fast and Furious for the entertainment (laughs) value. And this is more along the lines of, like, what I would be interested in on an entertainment perspective. And we we fight about this, right? Like, something that is just pure entertaining. Like, there's a lot of times... You know, it's funny. I think there's kind of a spectrum just between the three of us because, like, I think think I've, like, gotten in arguments with Nadeem about, like, this movie was just pure entertainment, but it wasn't really that good. And he's like... Look, like, you know, entertainment plays a value and like all entertainment is not bad. And I totally agree with that. And then I've had the argument with Faraz where I've been on the opposite side of that, where I'm kind of defending the entertainment value. And and so I think this is going to show in our scores, right? Because I think like the, the movie only tries to, if a movie only tries to do certain things, it's still going to get a knock in certain categories in our scoring, right? And that is by all means the intent. So like the score as a whole, as one number to define the movie, that's not how it's intended to be looked at through our lens, right? So I think we should talk more about that as we're going through our scores. But I kind of wanted to lay that out because I think I think that is very important depending on what type of viewer you are. Again, uh, Nadim, you probably, as you know, like we have these five different elements that we look at. The whole idea is that we weigh these categories, like depending on how you weigh each of these categories any given day, uh, like you'll find a movie that fits your taste for that for that moment. Um, we'll go ahead and get into the scores right now. I know you're not going to give any any specific scores, but if you want, you can chime in. Just jump right in when we're when we're discussing it again. This is all spoiler free, so do not give away any spoilers. Overall uh, idea of what the movie is about. Mick, 
He is a lawyer played by Matthew McConaughey. He's a defense lawyer specifically, and he gets a little more than what he bargains for when he lands a very wealthy client. So that's kind of the setup of the movie. And the Lincoln lawyer is really because he drives around in a Lincoln or gets driven around in a Lincoln Continental. In fact, he he doesn't even have an office. He just kind of yeah. operates out of a Lincoln yeah. Town Car, right? I think I think this is actually based on a Michael Connelly it is. Uh, novel or a series, yep. actually. Right. So uh, and that's kind of the, the premise of it. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. That, that part's obviously kind of gimmicky. But, hey, it landed McConaughey a, a whole uh, series of, uh, you know, TV spots for for Lincoln cars. Right. I guess. Or I don't even know what order that happened in. But clearly those were around the same time. Right. This is pretty old. This is 2011. So I feel like that happened a little later. I think it's a ca- uh, like after the movie. It kind of oh, gotcha. out I was like series. wondering if like Ford Motor okay. Company produced this film or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and then I saw that it was based off a book. I'm like, all right, all right, okay. Um, yeah, so let's go into our scores. We'll start with the narrative category. Again, Nadim, this is where we're looking at the the direction generally, the pace, the story, and how it connects with the audience. I gave it an 80. I'm exactly at an 80 as well. So this is probably one of the strong suits of this movie, right? Um, yeah. It's a procedural drama. Um, so any procedural drama is going to be very dependent on the plot. So I think that that definitely holds true here. It kind of, you know, it's going to walk you through kind of a series of discoveries and connections. And we're essentially watching a, you know, a mystery being solved with the added bonus of the legal perspective, right? And I don't want to say, you know, because people think of like law and order when you say procedural drama, but like this is not that tone at all. But that is kind of the structure that we're that we're looking at. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh I mean, I'll say right now that this is the highest uh, rated element for me because this this is what this movie really is about. The story is very engaging. Um, it will keep you interested throughout. The direction on its own is nothing to write home about. I don't think there's anything specific I can even talk about that impressed me. I will say the pacing was pretty well done, though. But then I will also say as far as tying the threads out at the very end, uh, that that could have definitely have been better. I, yeah, I think I think things got a little complicated at the end, but I you know I did like what they what they did overall. Um, yeah, there's there's probably certain parts that I thought they might have been able to do without as well. But but overall, like you said, it's like very well paced actually. So you stay engaged throughout yeah. the whole thing. It's about a two hour movie. Yep. Yeah. One thing I wanted to add on that. Um, and for me, I've just seen maybe just too many over the top kind of story arcs that are way too convoluted. And I think I liked the fact in this movie that they didn't, as much as they kind of weren't able to maybe completely directly tie out all the loose ends in a more, you know, simplified way, I'm glad that they didn't just overdo all of it and just make all these different twists and crazy plot holes and things that could have easily come out of such like a complicated story like this. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I agree with that. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the writing here. We're mainly looking at what's like scripted, whether it's dialogue, narration here. I gave it a 60. Hey, I'm at a 62. Look at us agreeing on everything. Me and Yusuf watch too many of the same movies now. <laughs> you guys have done too many of these podcasts. <laughs> we're we're uh, meeting at the mean. What's it called? Uh, regressing to the, to the mean. Is that what you're talking about? Regressing yeah. to the mean. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is going to be the last episode of the Twice Over Film Club. I think we've... Uh, <laughs> We've reached our our natural ending point. Uh, but the goal I, so, of this podcast was just to bring two people together at the end of it. And exactly. Now that we agree, uh, we're done. Uh, so I mean, the, yeah, the writing. I felt like there's obviously going to be a lot of uh, just functional language to kind of move the story forward and move the discoveries forward. Um, I don't think they. 
I, I think that was very purposeful and they didn't like waste a lot of time when they did have that. I did feel like there was a bunch of other fluff though that they could have done without. Um, that's probably yeah. why I brought it down a little bit below average. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is uh, I feel like Matthew McConaughey's charisma is what makes the writing seem better than it is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's really not that good. <laughs> Oh, I can totally see that, definitely, because of the fact that the I feel like the writing just just based on what he does and the lines that he adds to it, like you said, it just makes it seem so much more meaningful than it actually is if you're just <laughs> looking at it on paper. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if we're trying to draw the line between um, scripting and acting, there is probably a lot that just like a lot of what we what's actually on the cut in the end is is coming from McConaughey, and it's not coming from you know off the 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 literal script. You know, he's yeah. probably adding a lot of the character into those lines and all of that on his own and they rely on him for that it's a good choice in terms of the acting to kind of bolster all of the dialogue but script wise it's probably a little bit weak um and and you know i I think they made a good choice in making sure they had a strong lead for that reason yeah all right so let's move on to the acting here we're really looking at how believable the execution of the writing was uh i guess that's the best way to define it and here i gave it a 70 i went with an 80 i thought so let's just start with McConaughey, I guess, right? Yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts on him generally? I mean, I like him. Uh, I think he plays very similar roles sometimes, but it's like it's a damn good role. I mean, it's, he's always he's always charismatic and fun to watch. Yeah. So I like him a lot. There was a period of his career, I guess the thousands, the two thousands, where he was just doing a lot of romantic comedies, and he kind of got stuck in doing those. And I feel like maybe this was like his first movie like out of that because then after this movie he just did a ton of great movies right like he did this mud uh dallas buyers club he did true detective interstellar but he he just like went on a tear after this movie and based off like his later perception like those movies that i just mentioned i think he's a great actor but yeah he kind of has that same tone and charisma that i mentioned but that's not where i had the problem Uh, i gave it an average score of 70 mainly because the supporting cast outside of Marissa Tomei, uh, was not good. Even Brian Cranston was not, he didn't fit this role for me at all. He didn't do it for me. But like, supporting cast is what brought it down to an average score. Okay, I think that's fair. McConaughey actually just came out, I think the last couple of weeks, he's just been doing this like random kind of just interview tour on every podcast, every talk show. And he's been talking a lot about how um, this was one of the first movies. Now, I don't think this was the actual first movie, but after that spell of rom-coms that he kind of defined his career with in the 2000s, he yeah. s- like took a stand and he just stopped working because he wanted to get out of that kind of uh, those like chains that were holding him back as a as an actor and he wanted to do more serious roles. So, um, this was I think yeah, one of the first ones and also I agree with you that the the supporting cast wasn't that great, but also Ryan Phillippe during this time was supposed to be like the next big thing and it just didn't translate into that. So I think mm-hmm. this was a role, maybe if you're looking at it from the, like 2011, 2012, you're thinking like, wow, Ryan Phillippe, like one of the next big upcoming actors is in this movie and maybe you put more, um, I don't know, stock into his performance. But obviously, like after he flopped later down the line, it just doesn't look as good. And he wasn't as convincing in this role, but he did play. I thought he played like that, you know, really rich playboy type guy pretty well. That's a really good point that you make, because I I do think that there's like a lot of big names in the supporting cast here, like to the point where you're just like, wow, like, you know, this is going to be like a real performance. And maybe that skews your perception, because when you see Brian Cranston, like pretty much do 
not a whole lot on screen. Uh, like, I may have not even noticed if it was like a lesser actor, but when it's Brian Cranston, I'm like, come on, like use him. Um, yeah. Same thing yeah. with, uh, same thing with, is his name Michael Pena? Um, yeah. Yeah. Who, who I loved in Narcos. Right. And obviously that was well after this, but now going back and watching this, I was like, oh man, like he's in here. Obviously Marissa Tomei, like you talked about. So like, uh, and so there's like, there's so many of these names where I think, you know, that does skew kind of the, the perception and it can go either way. I think for me, it went where I, I had higher expectations than, than what I was seeing from some of the supporting cast. But honestly, you know, also like you, you may just, their natural presence may actually give you a boost as well. Um, so I can see it kind of going both ways. And I mean, in the case of McConaughey, it definitely does in this, whereas the others, maybe not so much. And also, I just wanted to point out, like, the movie he did before The Lincoln Lawyer was Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. So really, this may have been kind of the jumping <laughs> no, point for him. I think you're him. right. Because yeah. that was 2009, and this is 2011. So that's your break that you're talking about, Nadim. Yeah, he actually, he took a break as in, like, he stopped acting for over a year. Because yeah. all he was getting was these kind of like playboy rom-com roles that he was just trying to get out of. So I, I think one role that he had that was kind of serious earlier was We Are Marshall, um, which if you're into sports movies, I think that's a really touching sports movie. And I don't know that it's perfect, but it is. it does require him to play a more serious role. So, you know, he I think he more or less he had a taste for it. And he was like, look, I, like I have more pedigree than I'm being given. And uh, good for him, because yeah. I think it really did. You know, it's a second it's the second act in his career, um, and it, it really did come to fruition is what I'm saying. Most definitely. All right, so let's move on to our next category here. We're talking about the themes. Uh, this is like the presentation of underlying messages, motifs, and or ideas. Um, here, I give it a 65. Um, I give it a 30. <laughs> oh, man. It's because you're a lawyer, isn't it? <laughs> um, maybe. I, I just, I can make up a theme for you, but what the hell was the theme? I mean, I really enjoyed the story, but I don't know that there's like a continuous theme other like it's just it's it's a story that you're watching unroll and it's it's interesting i don't think that's because of any sort of underlying message uh, it's the justice system uh, right versus wrong good versus evil uh, remaining ethical in pursuit of good i have thoughts we will discuss later if that is the theme i mean and certainly in a in a legal drama that's going to be an yeah. aspect of kind of the message but i don't know that it was very cohesive on that point i don't know that they were going for anything there so that's totally okay that's not their aim here and that's fine all right so final category aesthetics this is the visual and audio perspective how immersive the movie is i gave it a 60. i'm at a 70. oh is it because of the music? Yeah, I mean, it, they it's not like they had an original score or anything. They, you know, they chose a lot of popular music uh, to incorporate here. You know, they played off of kind of the idea that they're um, you know, the the environment that they're that they're in, right? So, they're they're this movie takes place some in Oakland, some in Englewood, right? So, like they they use that to their advantage and there is kind of some hip-hop uh, influence that they that they pull in. I thought it fit. I thought it fit for what they were going for. Um, generally, just kind of the, you know, not even talking about like the camera shots or anything like that, but just the overall, the charm, the professional but cool appeal that they kind of try to present through McConaughey and, um, you know, just through through kind of the, the way he maneuvers and uses the system. I thought they, they hit that, and that's probably exactly what they wanted to do with his character. Hmm. I'm, I'm at a 70. I'm not saying it's anything particularly, you know, good, but I thought it was effective in what it was trying to do at a baseline level. So I actually like the music a lot. Um, obviously, I'm a big rap fan, so I, I really enjoyed Earl, the, the driver, his taste in music. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the visuals were really bad, in my opinion. Like, the... the handheld shots for a courtroom drama just 
like it didn't make sense to me it was like way too much movement unnecessarily and, you know you kind of want more still shots or like shots on a dolly that are, are panning rather than just like shaking because handheld but yeah I'll, I'll leave it at that so like the music i did enjoy but that's like more of a personal taste thing but the visuals were bad, so I had to go under average here and give it a 60. This is one of those movies that you don't really look at anything aesthetically. Um, I agree, the <laughs> visuals and stuff for it there, the camera work is that great. It was kind of give, just trying to give you more of like a you're in there type of vibe, like a more personal. Yeah, that's the point of the handheld shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So other than that, like I didn't really pay much attention to that it's interesting it didn't really bother me but i can see why it would just because uh, yeah those handheld shots are supposed to give you kind of more of the natural feel and like you know sometimes to disorient you a bit and like give you the sense that you're in like a you know a moving environment and all of that right but that's that's not what's going on in a in a courtroom pretty much everyone's sitting in their seats quiet and there's like yeah. one or two things happening it's a very controlled environment so one person is moving which is like the lawyer going back and forth right. or something like it's so it's so unnecessary it's just with I was mind boggled as why why they chose this. Yeah, the control shots would have been uh, a little bit more effective there. That's I, I think that's being kind of that's probably being a little bit picky, but but hey, I mean I, I think it, I think it's 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 generally a good point, and I mean on a broader scale, like that is what directors are probably thinking about when they choose how to how to take a particular shot that is something that you know is worth paying attention to in terms of what they're trying to convey so i was just gonna say i also think they were just trying to make it seem like a different kind of courtroom drama i don't personally recall seeing a movie that took a a more entertaining crude approach to a courtroom drama like this um so maybe they were just trying to go with something different and trying to give the audience a different feel than they're used to in a courtroom setting when you when you see like kind of like a lot of movement and stuff like don't you expect i kept thinking about like the courtroom scenes in like the dark night where it's like everything's going normal and then it's like how about i and then he, the guy pulls out a gun right and like puts <laughs> yeah, it in the da space yeah. and then the da is all cool and like knocks him down and you know I, like <laughs> you expect i don't know i think i think like there's some sort of i, I don't know what i want to say it's 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 like you're almost cueing something more interesting to happen than what actually does so then yeah. like it, it may disorient you in terms of your expectations of a particular scene which is good in cases also can be detrimental and the dm yeah i get what you're trying to say that maybe they're just trying something different to stand out maybe i'll just say that and we've said this for other movies like we, we're not because we're not going to give them points for attempting and failing <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can totally see that all right so to summarize all this up like we mentioned at the very beginning it was our narrative score that is the highest it's an 80 averages out to an 80 our acting comes next at 75 <laughs> the themes is because of yusuf <laughs> giving it a 30 then we're down to a 48 over here aesthetically and writing i mean it's it's in the 60s so my tally comes out to 66 yusuf's comes out to 66 um th that's that's how we feel about the movie but again if you're really looking for a movie that has a strong narrative good direction and pretty decent acting this could be for you yeah i think that's right i mean i think if that's what you're looking for in a movie this kind of hits on those things really well this is definitely worth a watch if you're if you're in the mood for a procedural drama you know does a pretty good job in terms of its presentation i, I think it i think it delivers on that on a broad level i'll agree with that i i did enjoy my time watching this movie so i'm not going to say like i hated this movie or anything this is where like our score is an objective look at the movie but entertaining wise like nadim was saying this is this is a little more entertaining than the score indicates. Thanks for listening to the preview for the Lincoln Lore, everyone. Uh, make sure you get this watch in before next Thursday. 
when our discussion will be released with all spoilers. And it's available on Netflix and Amazon Prime, so you have almost no excuse not to watch this when you're bored. Thanks for listening to this production of The Twice Over. If you haven't already, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast. And remember to support us on Patreon or by sharing the podcast with a friend. Feel free to contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at The Twice Over or email us at comments at thetwiceover.com. All of the music you heard is from Amerigo Gasway. Check him out on Bandcamp and Spotify.